In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The basis for our thoughts this morning are taken from the Old Testament lesson for this day, 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 8 through 14. When the word of the Lord came to him, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow there to feed you. So Elijah rose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Bring me a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to bring it, he called to her and said, Bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. And she said, As the Lord your God lives, I have nothing baked, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. And now I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat and die. And Elijah said to her, Do not fear, go and do as you have said. But first make me a little cake of it and bring it to me, and afterward make something for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, the jar of flour shall not be spent, and the jug of oil shall not be empty, until the day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth. And she went and did as Elijah said, and she and he and her household ate for many days. The jar of flour was not spent, neither did the jug of oil become empty, according to the word of the Lord that he spoke by Elijah. As Lutherans, we have certain axioms, guiding principles in our theology, I suppose you might say. One of those that's repeatedly mentioned throughout the confessions is, we can affirm nothing about the will of God without the word of God. Sometimes I wonder if we might add a couple others. For example, the word of God creates life, creaturely life, physical life, and it does so abundantly. And perhaps it's corollary. God deals with us through the creaturely, and we deal with God only through the creaturely. When you consider the account of Elijah in chapter 17 here, it really goes back to the end of 16. Because at the end of 16, you have King Ahab doing more evil in the eyes of God than all the kings of Israel before him. Ahab has turned to Baal worship. He's in cahoots with Jezebel. He's turned to Baal, a fertility god, a rainmaker. Suddenly, Elijah shows up, abruptly, suddenly, seemingly out of nowhere, if you will. Elijah's name means Yah is my God, Yahweh is my God. Yahweh is the creator of all that exists. There is no other creator or God. Put another way, Yahweh is Lord, period. The first verse of chapter 17 brings this out. Baal is a Canaanite sky god who is responsible for weather, rain, fertility. And the first thing Elijah announces is a drought. There shall be no dew nor rain these years except by my word. With this announcement, Elijah declares that Baal does not control the weather. Baal is not the creator. Baal is nothing. With this announcement of God's word concerning a drought, Elijah takes away from Ahab his ability to provide a realm in which his people can flourish. 
for he has turned away from the creator and recreator, the one who sends rain through his prophet. The drought and the subsequent famine sets the tone for the entire ministry of Elijah, the entire narrative. It sets up the inevitable collision between Yahweh and Ahab with his Baal God. Again, it's finest striking that the pattern of God is that God works through his creation. The creation out of which you and I came is the very creation that God uses either to exercise judgment and take life back, or the creation by which God bestows and renews life. God sends Elijah out of the land then into the wilderness. It may look like an escape initially, seeking to avoid the wrath of Ahab. But in other ways, it may be a judgment against Israel. You know, it's by sending the prophet into the wilderness, God sends his word away from his people. As one commentator put it, God's word is silenced in Israel. In addition to a famine of food and water, there's now a famine of God's word in Israel, a word that they refused to hear and heed in the first place. So you might say a land that once flowed with milk and honey now suffers from drought, a word in which the word of God once reigned is now gone. At the same time, when Elijah crosses the Jordan into the wilderness, Yahweh does not stop being the creator. He does not cease being who he is, the giver of abundant life. He is the Lord of the wilderness as well as the land, Lord of the land flowing with milk and honey. And so he provides for his prophet, the carrier of his word. During the drought, Elijah drinks of a seasonal brook, a seasonal stream, and eats food carried by ravens, reminiscent of manna in the wilderness. Could one say that Yahweh makes a little garden in the midst of the wilderness? He provides gifts for life in the midst of the wilderness as he had done centuries before. The brook dries up, the stream dries up, perhaps due to the season or due to the drought. Yahweh now sends Elijah to Zarephath, Sidon, Jezebel's home turf, Baal's home turf. Interesting, as Israel sought other gods, Yahweh now seeks another people. Where his people made him jealous by seeking Baal, he now makes them jealous as he seeks a Gentile widow. Widows were especially vulnerable. No husband, no safety net. Lived on the fringes of society. The covenant law made special provision for them that they were to enjoy special protection. The widow doesn't have a name, but she and her son have no food to spare. They're starving. Elijah is told to ask her for food. Once again, Yahweh shows that he is the Lord, the creator, the wellspring of life. He says, do not fear. Generally, this appears to be a kind of declaration that announces Yahweh is present. He's present to act. He's present to act on behalf of those to whom this is addressed. In a sense, do not fear mobilizes the life-giving power of God. It speaks for life against death. Again, wherever the prophet takes God's word, life breaks about, life breaks in abundantly in the midst of scarcity. And so the word unleashes the generosity of the creator in contrast to the scarcity provided by Baal. Elijah is the bearer of the word in the presence of a life-giving creator, and Elijah provides her with food by God's word. Think of the irony. In Baal's territory, where Baal cannot provide a little bread of food for Sidonian widow and her family, Yahweh, in the midst of drought and famine, provides uninterrupted provision. Yahweh's commitment is not only to the prophet, but to all Israel. 
indeed, the all-creation. This is the God of Jesus Christ. This is the God who has come to us in Jesus Christ. Jesus, not only the word bearer, but the word incarnate, who entered the wilderness Like his word through Elijah, Jesus entered a disordered world, a world in which things were not as God created them to be. He entered a world to set things aright. He entered to establish a life and well-being in his creation. In the story that follows, we see Elijah raising the widow's son. Jesus crosses the boundary between the living and the dead in his resurrection and our resurrection. In other words, what Yahweh did in chapter 17 of 1 Kings, he has done and is doing for us through his word-bearer, Jesus Christ. Yahweh is the boundless creator and recreator of abundance. As one author wrote, he never retreats, he never suffers a setback. Nothing can hold him or hold him back. Drought cannot limit him. In fact, he sends drought. Death cannot keep him away. He is the Lord of life and death. Not only in Elijah's case, but preeminently in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. He brings life and he brings it abundantly where there is no life. He brings us to life now and in the new creation. He came that you and I might have life abundantly. Not necessarily in terms of quantity. As one of my favorite authors, Wendell Berry, put it, being a member of creation, being part of a life bestowed lavishly throughout his entire creation, is in itself an abundance. And sharing in the life of Christ, the new man of the new creation, gives us a life that overflows and spills over in abundance from now into the age to come. God's word creates life ceaselessly, creaturely life, eternal life, abundant life, now and forever. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.